welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Will you turn with me please to Matthew 25 verse 14. I'm going to read from verse 14 to 30. If you don't have your Bible, it will come up on the screen. I am reading from the message version tonight because I like it. Alrighty. Matthew 25 verse 14 says it's a story about investment. It's also like a man going off on an extended trip. They're talking about the kingdom of God. A parable here, a story about how come, what is the kingdom of God like? So it's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one, he gave $5,000, to another, 2000 to a third, 1000 depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. Let's put a note next to that. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2,000 showed how he also had doubled his master's investment. His master commended him, good work, you did your job well, from now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, then why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the what? The most. And get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. Tonight, I want to speak a message that I've entitled... Stop digging a hole for yourself. You see, these men were given different amounts of money based on what the scripture says according to their ability. One was given 5,000, one was given 2,000, one was given 1,000. Two of them doubled their money, went out straight away, it says, went to work, put it to work, doubled their money, but one dug a hole and buried it. And when I read that, I thought, you know what? It's such a great picture of some of the church today. Because God has come along and gifted us with talent, with ability. There is potential galore in this room. Some of us are doubling it and some of us 
are digging holes for ourselves. And you might look at me and think, well, that's easy for you to say, but can I tell you from one person who has very often dug a hole for herself, it's very easy to recognise people who are digging holes for themselves. And what I want to do tonight is I just want to share a few keys based on some of the things that I've done in my life uh, that have helped me to stop digging a hole for myself. Because you see, like I said, God has given everyone, there's not a person here who does not have some form of gift or talent. If you don't believe me, I'm going to give you some scriptures so that you will believe me, all right? 1 Corinthians 7 verse 7 says, I wish, this is Paul speaking, I wish that all men were as I am, but each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. He didn't say some, he said each man has his own gift. In Romans 12, 6, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. The good news is that every person seated in this auditorium tonight has been gifted by God. You have gifts and talents. Some of us have got mega gifts and talents, lots of gifts and talents. And it's not a matter of whether you've got one or 1,000. It's the fact that you've got a gift. And um, in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it says that those who have a gift or a trust must prove faithful. And if we're not developing and operating and doing what those first two servants did where they went out and doubled their money, if we are in fact actually digging holes for ourselves and burying our gifts, we're not being good stewards with the gifts that God's given us. We're not being accountable for what God has been able to um, bless us with. We're not proving ourselves faithful. Many of us bury our gifts through fear or laziness misunderstanding, misconception, preconceived ideas. There's all sorts of reasons as to why we do it. It's not a matter of why we do it. It's a matter of recognizing that's what I'm doing and and moving on from there. So like I said, I want to be able to just share with you some keys that are going to help you to stop burying, uh, digging a hole for yourself. And like I said, I feel I'm an expert in some sense because I've done that for years. It's so easy for you to sit there and go, well, that's okay for you because look where you are. Now, for those of you who know me, I've just come back um, from South Africa with Tony and the, and the kids. And when the boys went off to Madagascar, I had the privilege of leading a women's conference over there in South Africa. And um, I did five sessions over the three days, and it was full on, and it was great fun. And Fee was there with me. And I did the Thursday night, and then Friday morning, they had three other ladies from around South Africa who did a session each. And then I came back Friday night, and then came back and did Saturday but on the Friday morning, every of one of the ladies who got up there, they had this opening line about, oh, I was one of those girls who said I would never do this. And so they all started like that. So when I get there Friday, I'm like, you know what, girls, I don't know, you have the privilege of just seeing me now. You haven't seen me for the last 20 odd years in terms of ministry. I said, I was one of those girls who went, I am never doing anything like that. And when you're on the other side of that, people go, oh, you know, you hear Tony's stories about how shy he is. And I know that you sit there and go, oh, yeah, sure. But if you knew Tony, you would know that to be true. And it's the same for me. I said, you girls are looking at on the other side of some of these things I've had to put in place that I wouldn't continue to dig holes and bury my treasure. You're seeing the other side of that. I said, so again, you might be sitting here going, well, it's all right for you um, because look where you are and what you're doing. But can I tell you, I have not always done this. And um, 
some of the keys that I want to share, just things that have helped me get over the line. You see, because what stands out to me in this passage is, that, is the master's response. Because again, Tony was talking this morning about a typology and a kind of, it's a picture, the kingdom of heaven. So you've got to understand that the master, it's a type of response of, I think, what God thinks of us when we dig a hole for ourselves. I'm not saying it is, because people go, oh, God can't say, I'm just saying it's a type, okay? So don't crucify me over that. But listen to what the master's response is. First, it's anger. He says, the master was furious. See, we sit here and think, oh, but doesn't matter. I know deep down inside that I've got these gifts and talents. But if I don't let on, if I don't let anybody else know, if I just keep it to myself, who's going to know and who's it going to bother and um, who's it going to affect? Well, can I let you know God knows? The Bible says that he knit you together in your mother's womb. He, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's nothing about you that is a surprise to God. So God knows. And he says he's furious. The fact that he's given you a trust and you're not proving faithful. And please hear this from a foundation of I'm wanting to encourage and inspire you to develop and work out your gift. Not from a fear angle. All right, so please, this is all based on that. This isn't, if you don't, then this will happen to you. I'm trying to encourage and inspire. You know what? You have a gift given to you, destined, made, fashioned, formed right from the very womb. And God wants to see it come to fruition because people need to see it happen in your life. All right, so it's not a fear thing, but it says that the master was furious. Listen to this. He said, it is criminal to live cautiously. That, that freaks me out. Because you know what? By nature, I am actually fairly conservative. By nature, just my, I would just rather be. And again, people go, and you look at um, who I'm married to and say, sometimes I think it's a good thing I'm conservative. Imagine where we'd be if I wasn't. <laughs> but by nature, but I, I can't use that as an excuse. God has to redeem my nature. I've had to allow him to, cause, because it's criminal to live cautiously. And again, it's not, you don't look at someone else and where they're out and go, well, I could never be there. It's not about comparing. It's about cautious for where your gift is and what you're called to. And so if my gifting is here, but I'm living back here, I'm cautious. It's not about I'm seeing them way out there and going, I could never do that. Well, if I'm not gifted and the capacity is not there to be able to do it, I'm not talking about that. Do you get what I'm saying? So he says it's criminal to live cautiously. And then he says, get rid of the play it safe who won't take a risk. We've got a responsibility to our master. As I said, 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Now it is required that those who've been given a trust must prove faithful. I'm trusting I'm amongst the people who don't want to be unfaithful with the trust that God has given them. I don't want my gift taken away and given to others because that's, exa- that's exactly what happened. Those who had proved faithful, who had gone out and doubled their master's money, what happened? Those of us who dug our hole, buried our gifts, it was taken from us and given to those who would prove faithful. Because at the end of the day, God wants to get his job done. And he's going to do it with or without. His heart is, he wants to do it with us, but he's going to get it done anyway. It's our responsibility to say, you know what, God, I'm going to develop the gift you've given me. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to put it into action. I want to put it to work to make it come to fruition. I don't want to be thrown out into utter utter darkness. I want to stop digging a hole for myself. Am I amongst the people who also want to stop digging holes? Cool. 
Alrighty. So just a few keys tonight I want to share on how we can stop digging holes for yourself. And number one is you need to be faithful with what you already have. See, just like the men in the parable, we've all been given resources. We've all got gifts and talents. I've said it two or three times. I'll say it again, Romans 12, 6. We all have different gifts according to the grace given us. When we handle what we have now well, then we can be given more. It's not the resource that you have, but it's what you do with that resource that counts. It's not what you've got. It's what you do with what you've got. Listen to this. One of Ripley's Believe It or Not exhibits pictures a plain bar of iron worth five bucks. That same bar of iron made into horseshoes would be worth about 50 bucks. If it was made into needles, it would be worth $5,000. If it was made into balance springs for fine Swiss watches, it would be worth $500,000. The raw material is not as important as how it is developed. Remember, it all started as a $5 bar of iron. Had depending on what it was developed into, depended on its worth. It's not what you've got, it's what you do with what you've got. When I was away and in South Africa and I was with some of the girls and you, you get to hang and do things, some of them, someone said to me, and it kind of sounds crass, but whatever, someone said, so how did you get this gig? I was like, ooh, gig, cool. <laughs> and you know what? I just went, God? And it sounds such a spiritual and weird answer, But honestly, I did nothing to get this gig except, I believe, be faithful with what's in my hand. So when I came back and said, you know what? Do you know what I did to get this gig? I said yes to God and I was faithful with Victory Church, the home he placed me in, and significant women. So that's what he gave me. That was what's in my hand. So I've just been faithful with that. Say, God, I'm at Victory Church. Whatever you ask me to do, this is what I'm going to do. The position you've put me in, Victory. So when Tony says, will you do this? It's like, okay, this is what's in my hand. Faithful with what's in my hand. How did I get this gig? I just was faithful with what was in my hand. My question to you tonight is, what's in your hand? Every one of you have something in your hand. If you're a mum here tonight, small kids, you've got kids in your hand. You've heard the testimonies from the front and how the impact we've been having in the school because of why? Not because we just go to school every day, but because our kids go to school every day and that has opened a sphere of influence. What's in your hand? Maybe you're young here. Youth is on your side. You've got time. You've got energy. You've got... Not wisdom, but hey, you have a go. (laughs) What's in your hand? You know what? We should never, and I'm not even talking as a church, I'm talking in terms of a community. We should never be struggling to get people on board to do things because have you got time? What's in your hand? I've got time. I've got energy. Hey, I might not actually have the understanding, but there's some things you can give me to do because I've got the time and the energy. You want to be able to double your master's money? You want, because people say to me all the time, I want to be able to do that, and I want to be able to do that, and I want to be able to do that. It's like, you know what? Be faithful with what's in your hand. What have you got now? Do that. Maybe you're one of the older people here. What's in your hand? Maybe you've got wisdom. You sit there and say, well, I've done a few things. I've been around a few times. I've got this. I understand. I've raised my kids. They're doing well. well you know what? Some of these people need your wisdom. I shouldn't point over there. Here. There's some single mums here who could probably love 
to have maybe their kids looked after for a while. A single mum who would love you to draw alongside and maybe help with some parenting advice. There's some mum and dads who could probably help with, need some help with parenting advice. There's kids who just, you know, people who are raising teenagers who are saying, I don't know what to do with all this. You can, you've got the wisdom there to be able to come alongside. We're not talking about dick time. We're just saying, do life together. What's in your hand? There are opportunities in this church that are amazing. That, and I, you know what? You can't, if you were here last Sunday, you heard Ian say about, he said the word over this church was innovation. And you can't sit there and hear a word and then think, oh, nice, that's cool, let's, what's next? It's like you've got to sit there and innovation. There are some ideas, there are some God dreams, there are some things here we believe God has said, but you know what? We, we can't do it on our own. And the potential and the gift and the ability is sitting here right now. But people have been digging a hole for far too long. Just going, well, well, it doesn't matter. Nobody knows if I just dig the hole and bury it. And you know what? There's opportunity galore. And it's within you. You just have to do the work. What is in your hand? What is in your hand? Be faithful with what is in your hand and you'll see that increase. You'll start to see. I love the other thing that Ian said. He said, double for your trouble. He's talking about Job. I almost called it double for, for your trouble because it, you've got to put it to work. It says that they went off and put it to work, but they received double. This is what I come to the conclusion. It's work whether I dig a hole and bury it or it's work whether I put it to work and get money. I might as well put it to work and get the benefit. Do you agree? Be faithful with what is in your hand. It's not what you have, but what you do with what you have. How do you be faithful? Don't compare your resources to others. Don't complain about your resources. Well, it's all right. I've only got this. I've only got Mitchell. I mean, come on. What can you do with that? Don't, I can say that. (laughs) Don't complain about your resources. Don't wait till you've got it all together too. Everyone goes, oh, well, when I've got a handle on it, hey, can I tell you, you never, or maybe it's just me, you never feel like you've got a handle on it. It's like, just go for it. Don't compare your resources. Don't complain. Don't wait till you've got it all together. Just develop what's in, in your hand. Secondly, renew your mind. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, we first respond here. And the response we have up here will either push us forward into what God's asked for us, or it'll hold us back. See, and here, listen to what the servant said. He made excuses. He said, Master, I know you have high standards. I know you hate careless ways. You demand the best, and you make no allowances for error. He said that that was what he said. This is why. This is why I didn't do it. And yet, you know what I mean? We never hear servant one and two say that. They're serving the same master. Serving the same master, they've got, been given the money. They had the same opportunity to go, oh, yeah, but what about this? Or oh, he expects too much. Or oh, he does this. Didn't we respond here? All right? I don't know if you are aware, but this week we had the privilege of starting a gym program. All right, the church had a grant to start a gym program and to help um, at-risk teenagers. Elise, will you please stand up? Stand up. Come here. Quick, quick, quick. This is Elise. Doesn't she look just like the right type of person to run a gym program? You saying that. Listen. Liars. Because I know what you're thinking, all right? You said that because you know where I'm going. Thanks, baby. Elise is running that gym program. Now, you know what? 
She could have said, yeah, that's rude, I heard that. He said it was Elise or Sally Ann. <laughs> Sally Ann is built the same as Elise. Anyway, Elise could have looked at her and said, but I don't know how to lift weights. I've never lifted a weight in my life, so Benno tells me. <laughs> don't know how to run. What is this thing called a treadmill? <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. She could have responded in here and just went, well, who am I? I've got no training, no this, no that. But you know what? She had an opportunity. She didn't, she responded correctly. She just went, you know what? I've been given an opportunity. Never said she had to actually run the program. She just had to get it off the ground. Went along, used her gifts and talents, put the right people in place. She could have said, I can't do it. I'm not built for this. I don't know what to do. I don't know this. She didn't respond up here. She renewed her mind and went, you know what? I'm not making an excuse. I'm going to respond correctly. She, she could listen to the natural or she could listen to God. He said, no, Elise, I've given you a gift and talent. You can do it. Listen to her pastor. He said, you know what, Elise, we believe you're the right person for this. Listen to her husband. Say, come on, hon, you, you can do it. I know, yeah, you, okay, so you can't lift weights, but you can do this. <laughs> How we respond determines... If we double the gifts and talents that God has given us or whether we're going to dig a hole and bury them. Elise responded. She didn't excuse or double her trouble. I mean, I responded in terms of going to South Africa and doing this conference. Can I tell you what I struggled with? When they asked me to come, originally the dates they gave me didn't suit me. So, oh, what a tragedy. (laughs) It's like, I'm really sorry. Thanks so much for asking. But unfortunately... I can't make those dates because I will be in South Africa three weeks later. Shouldn't have mentioned I'll be there three weeks later. Because then they came back to me and said, actually, why don't you do this? And I'll run out of excuses by then. It's like, okay, actually, that does work. So God, you're trying to get my attention. Again, that, you can respond and just go, no, it doesn't work. I can't do it. Because here was what I was thinking. I'm so used to Tony being by my side. So I don't mind. I like to be able to bounce things off, run things off. For the first time ever, I was in this conference where I didn't have Tony there. So like he wasn't up on stage, but I could go back. You know, when I've done conferences before, we'd, we'd be in the same country. We weren't even in the same country. So it was, you know what I mean? You can make excuses you can, or you can respond here or just go, you know what? I need to renew my thinking. They've asked me. I haven't opened the door. God's opened the door because it's just, a, it's just an amazing way of how it came about. I need to think about and renew my mind in how I respond. How we respond is de- determined by how we think. Author Cy Rogers says the brain literally has a pathway created for the way we think. The neurons go down certain pathways in our brain to get us thinking certain thought patterns. Messages come into our brain and then they go a certain way for us to make sense of the situation. In other words, it's like when you you do something, you create a pattern. You know, you do something rote. You know what rote is? So like you learn something, you do it, you don't even have to think about it. When we moved church building 12 months ago, how many of you, without even thinking, drove to the old church building the first couple of times? Wrote. That's wrote. Just, I'm going to church. I don't even think about where it is. I just do it naturally. That's what we're talking about. That's how the mind works. Develops a pattern of thinking. Ah, when I'm faced with that same situation again, I know how this goes. It goes like this. And what we need to do is go, oh, in the past, I've just naturally gone this way. We need to come in and go, recalculating route, recalculating route. And I'm really good at hearing that. All righty. 
For us to stop digging holes for ourselves we need by renewing our minds, we need to create a different pathway of thinking in our brain. We need to capture our thoughts and send them a different way. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You want to stop digging a hole for yourself? Renew your mind. Take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to God. I could say, but I've never done this before without Tony. I can't do this. Or I could say, you know what, God, you think I can do this. These people think I can do this. All right, let's take captive those negative thoughts. Let's do this. Elise could go, well, who am I? No, God believes in me. Uh, Tony believes in me. Ben, I believes in me. I can do this. Alexander Graham Bell says, one's mind, once stretched by a new idea, never again regains its original dimension. It's kind of like pregnancy, girls. <laughs> once stretched, it never goes back. Sorry, sorry, all the youngies. Anyway, just thought about it. Don't bury your talent by wrong thinking. Renew your mind and start getting double for your trouble. Thirdly, manage your emotions. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Our emotions are God-given and they are good. We just need to learn how to express them appropriately. You can't deny them. No, I'm, you know, when you're crabby as and nasty, and say, no, I'm not angry, I'm not fine, I'm doing fine, everything's happening, I'm not happy. No, we don't deny them. But you know what? You can't let them define you. They cannot define you. You need to stop digging a hole. You need to correctly handle emotions. Just a quick story. When I had done the conference, I did the Thursday night, the Friday night, and two sessions on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday morning, they had told me that uh, Adele was doing it and whatever. And I was just, all I had to do was be there, have lunch with them afterwards, and I was finished. So Saturday afternoon comes, I'm finished. I am switched off. And they took us out to this really lovely place. It's called Moya. It's an African, traditional African place. They took me and Fee and the girls, so Geordie and Bailey are with us. And they wash your hands in rose water. So the, the big African ladies are all dressed up. They come around, they wash your hands in rose water and this little tradition. They paint your face. So we all had our faces painted and we're eating probably ostrich and whatever else. I don't know, I just didn't ask. It's cool, I'm chilled out. And then Marcus, who leads uh, Cornerstone Church, just leans over and says to me, so Kath, I want you to preach tomorrow morning. I mean, I just went, <laughs> like straight back to reality. And I just said, Fiona said, she said it was funny because I said, I just left the building. Like I was there, but I was just like, oh no, Lord, now what do I do? I'm like, I've done my five, I'm finished. I've got nothing. And I've got no, I can't even go to Tony and say, help me do this, do that. And so the night went on, I don't know what I did, but I made it home. Fee got the girls sorted. I sat on the lounge. I was like, help me, Jesus. And after half an hour, Fee said, how are you going? Which means I didn't really handle my emotions well. So I just, you know what, I went to bed and I thought, this now I was exhausted. I worked hard. And I just went, you know what, Lord, I, whatever. I, what, I just, I, I need sleep. I wake up at 2 a.m. that morning with diarrhea again. I don't know what it is, but you know what? I sat on that toilet, I got a message like that. <laughs> I did. No, seriously. <laughs> Wrote it on toilet paper. No, I didn't. I actually had... <laughs> You just got to manage your emotions. Don't internalize them. I just, after I just went to Fee, I just looked at her and went, you know what? She made me a cup of tea because cup of tea fixes everything. 
I said, you know what, I've got to go to bed. Just went to bed. I said, okay, Jesus, I'm exhausted. I cannot think right now. This is ridiculous. I'm just wasting time working myself up. We'll sort it out in the morning. And then God sorted it out at 2 a.m. We're not to internalize them, but we're to communicate them effectively and express them appropriately. I love, and again, Ian referred to it last week, and I love it, Romans 8, 14. He said, those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God, not those who are led by their feelings. Too many of us Christians are led by our feelings. You know what? Apply this across the board. I can't lead my home. I lead, Tony leads our home. But in terms of mothering and looking after the kids and looking after the home, I can't do that by emotion. Because we would never have a cooked meal. I mean, they would say they don't get one very often anyway. But we would never have a cooked meal. The clothes would never be done. The dishes would never be done. The housework certainly wouldn't be done if it came to the fact that I was led by my emotions. My, it doesn't wash with my kids. I don't feel like going to bed. So I don't care what you feel like. I feel like you need to go to bed. You know, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't wash in any other area of life. And yet it comes to spirituality. And, but I've got to feel led by God. It's like, you know what? Make a decision. Read the Bible and obey it. How's that for a de- have being fed? Ian also said, you can't act your way into a feeling. No, you act your way into a feeling, not feel your way into an action. You know what? If you're sitting there waiting until you feel like, when I feel like not digging a hole and using my talent, it'll never happen. It's like act your way. Don't even start the hole. Start putting it to work and then you'll feel that way. Fourthly, choose the right battles. Doubling your money requires more energy. Putting it to work requires more energy than just digging a hole. Uh, Joshua twenty four fifteen. as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The biggest energy sapper is fighting wrong battles. <laughs> Sorry, Mitch, but I am going to talk about you because here's a great picture tonight of what I mean is I used to fight my kids all the time on what they wore. I mean, parents at school hate me because my kids, John's not too bad now, but Mitch, he would, it would be a struggle to put shoes on him and he'd never have a jumper on. So like, but he never got a cold. It was always middle of winter, he'd have shorts and a t-shirt and all the parents, kids would be going, but I don't want to wear a jumper, Mitchie Rainbow doesn't. And all the parents would be like, at me. And when they were at kindy, Mitchie, I used to be so embarrassed because all these kids would rock up in all their nice little clothes. My kid looked like they'd crawled out of Vinnie's bin. <laughs> but, and I used to say, but the, and then in the end, I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm fighting them on something that doesn't matter. It was more about me than them. So we had a rule, the bottom drawer... Whatever comes out of there is kindy clothes. And I don't care if it doesn't match. What well, That's your problem. And I used to think he'd grow out of it. And then this morning he comes here and he's cool. He's got his nice skinny legs on and he's, he's trendy. He's got his purple belt and his purple t-shirt. It's like, cool. So I'm getting ready for tonight. We get in the car and because I'm not really thinking about them or what they're doing. We pull up here. He gets out. He's got on these flowery shorts that are so old. I think the butt's worn out of them. He's got black, at least his socks match. Generally, he likes to wear unmatched socks. And I just look and go, oh, that's my child. But you know what? I just went, he's happy. So what's the matter to me? And I could be fighting. Yeah, stop getting your buddies to pick a gang up on me, Mitch. And I could be fighting him on this. or just go, you know what? What's the matter? Because I need that energy that I could be fighting him and saying, no, but I'm your mother. And if I say this, I need that energy for other things. And if we're talking about having the energy to put our gifts and talents to work, then stop fighting wrong battles. That's why I think this is why the Bible talks about dealing with 
uh, resentment and bitterness and jealousy, they're wrong battles. You're using, you know how much energy you use when you're jealous of someone? You don't realize it, but it's a lot of energy to be jealous of someone. It's less energy to just not worry about it and be really happy for someone. But jealousy, it's, it's, it's an energy sapper. It takes a lot of energy for me to be jealous, even when I'm trying not to be, but it's an energy. So all these things, fighting the right battles. To know which battles God wants you to fight, you need to increase your sensitivity to the Spirit of God. You need to listen to what God wants you to be involved in. It's no blanket statement because it can be right for you, but not right for you. And it comes down to a personal walk and a personal, actually, this is what God says. I say all the time to people that ask me different things, I say, just because I can doesn't mean I should. There's lots of things I can do, believe it or not. But I don't do them all because just because I can doesn't mean I should. And you have to answer that between you and God. Things you can do, but just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. I could smoke if I wanted to, but just because I can doesn't mean I should. I can do lots of things. So can you, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. Fifthly, hang with those who enlarge you. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, that is all we ask, imagine, according to his power that is at work within you. To stop digging a hole, hang with people who are going to draw the most out of you. People who see the big picture. People who aren't just going to go, oh, it's okay for you. You know, don't worry about it. They're just people who are going to say, no, you can do that. People who said to Elise, no, Elise, you can do this. You can do this. You can get this thing off and running. You've got the capacity. When she's like, I don't know where to start. Where, what equipment do I get? Well, we're like, you can do this. The gift and the talent is within you for you to administrate this, to be able to put it into practice, to get it up and running. You can do this. She didn't need someone to go, no, oh, you know, you just had a little baby. And, oh, you know what? You're kind of slender and slight. And what if a big guy sits on you or something? Oh. <laughs> can I tell you? Yeah, I know. Okay, a short, wide guy. How's that? <laughs> can I tell you the very first speaking invitation I ever received outside of victory, my husband said yes for me. I didn't even get the privilege of accepting the invitation. He just told me I was doing it. Hang with people who are going to stretch you, who are going to say, no, you can do that. Like that's, you're able to do that. Not those going, oh, you know. I am not here today because I've done everything I wanted to do. I am not here today because I've actually enjoyed everything I've done. I'm here today because I said, yes, God, whatever it takes, whatever you want. God said, stop digging holes. Stop digging holes. That's what he said. That's what God is saying to you. Stop digging a hole for yourself. Just put your talent to work. Hang with people who are going to get the best out of you. Gary Thomas, because this is what I love. I haven't done everything I've wanted to. I've done what I've needed. And um, I, the question I often hear God ask him is, did, did you surrender or not? Did you? Because whenever I'm finding myself an excuse or I can't, a reason why, God says, well, did you surrender? And if I say, yes, I surrendered to you, then surrender by definition means surrender. It means give over control. And Gary Thomas says this, the biggest block to our surrender isn't our appetites or wayward desires, but it's our addiction to running our own life. Are you surrendered? Have you, I said, Jesus, not my will, yours be done. If I'm surrendered, then I've got to give over control. Hang with those who enlarge, and then finally just be generous. 
Matthew 10, 8 says, freely you've received, freely give. One of the best ways to stop digging a hole for yourself is to be generous. The more you give, the more you want to, be, want to give. When we're open-handed with what the Father entrusts us with, he'll entrust us with more. Remember what it said in verse 21 and 23 to both those who doubled their money? He said, good job, you did your work well. From now on, be my partner. Generosity gives us double for our trouble. In closing, if our musos can come, I just want to read this scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11 to 13. It says, dear, and it's to the Corinthians, obviously, because in Corinthians. It says, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. To live openly and expansively, you and I have got to stop digging a hole for ourselves. We've got to stop burying our talent and go straight away and put the gifts and the talents that are in each and every one of us to work. I want to bring double for my trouble to my master. And I know that that's your heart, to bring double for the trouble to your heavenly father. And the way we're going to do that is by being faithful with what we have, by renewing our minds, by managing our emotions, by choosing the right battles, by hanging with those who enlarge us and by being generous. Come on, church, let's risk it. It's criminal, seriously criminal to live cautiously. Let's not do less than the least. Amen? Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.